Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. John chapter 11, we're going to continue today our theme, Passion for the House. John chapter 11, I'm going to start in verse 1, and it reads, Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother, Lazarus, who was sick. Now, if you were to go back a couple chapters, you would read about this woman named Mary. Incredible story in scripture where she enters a house where she's not even necessarily invited into. The Bible says that she falls at the feet of Jesus and she begins to wash Jesus' feet. Uh, in, in some of the um, uh, uh, Gospels, it says with oil, uh, with fragrant oil. Here it says fragrant oil, but one of them it says actually with her tears as well, uh, that she would wash the feet of Jesus and she would literally use her hair to dry off his feet. Now, there were there the disciples. Um, the Christ followers there at the time, and they actually ridiculed her. They're like, hey, if you knew what this woman did, you wouldn't be allowing her to do this. What's going on? And uh, they're allowing her to touch uh, your feet. And Jesus uh, makes this statement. I'll just paraphrase it. Jesus makes this statement um, that she had been forgiven so much. That meant she knew her sins, and she had been forgiven so much, and, and who is forgiven much loves much, and kind of puts the, the disciples in their place. And so this is that same woman now, and it says that her brother Lazarus is sick. So verse 3, the sisters went, or excuse me, sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not, lead, uh, will not end in death, but is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Does that verse make any sense to you guys? I love him so much, I'm just gonna chill here for a couple more days and then I'm gonna go see how he's doing. Um, But the Bible says he loved him so much that he stayed there two more days. Here's what we're gonna discover in the story is he loved them so much that he wanted to show them another side of who he was. He loved them so much he wanted to show them fully who he was and so he stayed there two more days, verse seven. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Well, what's taking place here? Uh, If you go back a couple chapters again, you're going to see that Jesus was there, and he's ministering, and as he's ministering, uh, that the people get mad at him for what he's saying, and and they pick up rocks, and they try to throw them at him, but Jesus just vanishes. Pretty cool story, right? And so now they're like, wait, hold on a second. They just tried to kill you, and you want to go back? And Jesus says, aren't there 12 hours in a day, Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does not stumble because the light is not in him. And it's so much there to unpack, but we're not going there today. Verse 11, he said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, aren't you happy that God speaks plainly? Um, I love reading, there's sometimes I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, I don't quite get it, and then I just read a little further, and it's like, oh, he he explains it, right? Like, I'm thankful that he explains himself plainly. He did that for the disciples. He said, Lazarus has died. Now listen to this part, though. I'm glad for you 
that I wasn't there so that you may believe, that you may believe, but let's go to him. If you're a note taker, whether it's your, your, your paper Bible, just highlight that word believe because that is the theme of this whole entire section of verses that we're reading right now. Uh, believe. It, it, it occurs like eight times in this passage, believe. But I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Again, he's going to show them something. Then Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. Huh. They're not quite there yet. They don't really believe, right? They, like, like Thomas is like, okay, he's going. Um, we know he's going to get stoned. We're going to die. Well, let's just all go together and we'll die together, right? Jesus has other plans, but they just think, hey, guys, let's just do it, all right? We got you, Jesus. Verse 17. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that thought. This is the woman whose sins were forgiven so greatly that she wept at the feet of Jesus. Now she knows Jesus is coming, but she remains in the house. Verse 21. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Had you been here, had you, the life source, been here, my brother would still be alive. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Martha said, well, yeah, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes, everybody say believe. The one who believes in me, even he dies, will live. Verse 26, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever. Do you believe this? And he asks the question, do you believe? Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here, and he's calling for you. Soon as she heard this, she got up quickly and went to him, and Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were there, or with her, in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. So they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, listened to her words, and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same words that her sister Martha used. In other words, we're seeing now in the passage that, that they understand that wherever Jesus is, life is. That Jesus, had you been here, I know that, that you could have done something. The only problem is, is their perspective of who Jesus is, is limited. They believe that had he been there, because they realize he's the life source, that he wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry in his spirit and deeply and deeply moved. Now, why was Jesus angry? If you were to take a, uh, some time out of, your, out of your schedule and just set some time aside and go into a study here and begin to find out why Jesus was angry, you would come across a lot of thoughts of why Jesus was angry. Uh, theologians and scholars have, have penned this down. Here's the biggest common thought, is that he was angry at death itself. 
Now listen to me, when you go and study and you pull these thoughts of other people, they are simply just that thoughts. But if I'm to put away all the study tools and I'm just to read this text at face value, here's why I believe that Jesus was angry. Jesus was angry because he keeps going back to the same question, do you believe? Do you believe? And yet here they are still mourning, gathered together crying over this one that lost, but yet he just said it, I life am standing right right here. And I personally believe he was angry at their lack of, of faith because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. Hebrews would actually tell us that, that when the Lord returns, he's looking for one thing, he's looking for faith. But in that same context, the question is, is proposed, but when he returns, will he find faith? Jesus is here, do you believe? I believe he was angry and moved because of the lack of faith. Verse 34, where have you put him, he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see, and Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind eyes also have kept this man from dying? First it's Martha, if you had been here, he wouldn't be dead. And then it's Mary, if you had been here, he wouldn't be dead. Now it's the crowd, and it's say, hey look, is it the guy that opened blind eyes? Man, if only he had, had been here. Look verse 38. Then Jesus, angry in himself again, why? Because of the lack of faith. Came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was laying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he's already decaying. He's been there four days. But Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So, based on that, they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. You heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with a face uh, wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Verse 45, therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. They believed in him. Had you been here? They understood he was a life source. They had a limited view. And Jesus asked the question, do you believe? I want to talk to you for the next few moments from the topic, do you believe? God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, it's living, it's active. I pray, God, that in the next few moments we have in this place, that, Lord, you would take this text and you'd make it real to us and you'd teach us from it. God, I ask, Lord, that in this, this space that, God, you'd help me create an environment for people to encounter your son, Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. 
Uh, the house that my wife and I had just recently built, um, we built and we got to pick out all the specifics, the custom homes. We got to pick out everything that would go in it. Well, when it came to our, our, our heating and air conditioning, known as the HVAC, uh, we did some research and we picked these things called mini splits. What is a mini split? It's kind of like when you go to a hotel room and they got the big box on the wall and that kicks out air and heat, only we went with really cool ones that, that are mounted into the ceiling so there's not these big boxes there. And so we picked these things, not knowing much about it, um, but only realizing that, man, we wouldn't have to have these ducks running everywhere in our house. Instead, they just have a couple of lines hooked up to them, and one of those is the refrigerant line, which gets filled with Freon that, that produces the coolant for our house. And so we're totally stoked on these things because we were told they're energy efficient. We'll let you know soon. And so over the summer, man, we, we kick these things on and we begin to use them and we're pumped about this. And, and so we have about eight of them in the house. We can, you know, zone out each room, whatever temperature we want. And so in our great room, we have the two of them in there because it's a big room. And, and uh, we'd set it because when we come home, we want to have a cool house. And we would come home and they wouldn't be working. And man, it'd be so frustrating because you know, it gets hot in Escondido, right? <laughs> and so it would get warm. And so it'd be like 85 in the house. And I'm like, that's not cool. And so... Literally, it's not cool. And, um, and so we'd go in, I would, look and I would look up and it would be blinking at me. And so then I would turn them off and let them sit for a little while and they'd reset and I could turn them back on they'd start to blow cool air. And I'm like, sweet, they're working. Only a couple hours later, they start blinking again and nothing's coming out. And I'm just like, what's going on? So literally, I kid you not, we've had the guy that's installed these things back to our house about 20 times over the last five or six months to try and fix this. And, um, and so he comes in, he goes, oh, well, it's, it's that blink means it's an error code. And I'm like, sweet, what's it mean? He goes, well, there's 14 blinks. He looks it up in his little chart and he goes, oh, that means there's not enough flow. It's a flow issue. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's fix the flow issue, you know? And so literally 20 times he's coming out, he cannot fix this thing. He's resetting things and, and for a moment, there's like some momentary help there and it looks like it's working, then it's not working. And so then we had to get the place involved that actually sold us these units. And so they send out their special tech guy to work with our guy and they're out there all day long and, and it looks like everything, they're like, oh, well, we gotta reset this and we gotta reset that and we gotta reset this other thing and now we'll get this thing working. And so sure enough, man, they got it working, they leave and I'm so pumped and only the next day rolls around and they're blinking 14 times again. And I'm like, no, what's going on? And so I call them back up and I was like, hey guys, it's not working. They said, what's the error code? And I was like, well, it's blinking 14 times. And they're like, well, you know what that means? And I'm like, yes, it means there's a flow issue. Okay, I got it. There's a flow issue. They're not, they're not working. And they're like, well, you know what, we've, we've done everything we can, and we think what the problem is, is that we, we didn't measure, the guy didn't measure the lines appropriately, and some of the lines are longer, and so they didn't fill it with enough Freon, and so as they're going, there's not enough Freon to produce the cold air, and therefore they shut off because there's a, a flow issue. And I'm like, sweet, send the Freon, come on, somebody, right? <laughs> Here's what I've come to realize in our, in our spiritual journey, and I believe this with all my heart. That, that when we encounter issues in our life and we encounter problems in our life and we feel like we're not getting to where we need to get, it's a flow issue. It's a flow issue. That we, we don't have enough of the presence of God filling our life so that, that we can produce the fruit that he wants to produce. It's a flow issue. It's a flow issue. There's not enough. We're not, we're not plugged in enough to the presence of God. What, what do I mean by that? See, the Bible teaches us that, that before we become Christ's followers, which is some of you in this place, you're not following Christ yet, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. But for others of us, we are, and, and we're seeking Jesus, and we're following Jesus, that before we were, were plugged into him, we were plugged into ourselves. 
The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof leads to 14 blinking lights. Come on, somebody. But the end thereof leads to death. We're, we're plugged into ourself. We're living for self, everything we do. Everything we do in life is to gratify us. Galatians chapter five would talk about that, right? There's this battle between the flesh and the spirit, and we're plugged into our, our self. But when we come to Jesus, we realize that plugged into self isn't getting us anywhere, right? That plugged into self is leading to a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad choices, a lot of bad things. Why? Because we're plugged. So what happens is we unplug from self and we plug into him, and now he becomes our life flow. Matter of fact, John 15, 5 tells us that he, Jesus, is the vine and we are the branches. That the branches cannot survive apart from the vine. Matter of fact, the Bible would teach us that when we became Christ's followers, that we actually got grafted into the vine. And it's from the vine, because the vine, Jesus, is, is the one that's planted, is the one that's secure, that has the roots, and so all the nutrients come up, and they, they, they go into the vine, and then they go out to the, the branches. So in other words, we unplug from ourselves and we plug into him, and now we have a life flow. And I believe with all my heart that when we aren't having the spiritual nutrients we need, when we encounter relational struggles, when we have problems in our marriage, when we have problems in our finances, when we have problems, whatever it might be, whatever's surrounding your life, I believe it's a flow issue. And here's the thing, just like my tech would come out and try to solve all of, those, all of those little things, and maybe it needs an adjustment here, and maybe we need to tweak this here, and maybe we need to tweak that here. It might help momentarily, but the real problem is there needs to be more refrigerant in the line. And so you can come and you can find little things that might help you momentarily, but the reality is, is you need more of Jesus in your life. You need more of the presence of God flowing through you and in you. Now you might be sitting here today saying, you mean to tell me, Pastor? Pastor, you're, you're, you're telling me right now that, that my marital issues are because I need more of Jesus? Listen, there might be other things surrounding your marriage that are causing problems, but if you get more of Jesus, I guarantee you your marriage will be better. Pastor, you mean to tell me the relational struggles I'm having with others and friendships and things like that? If, if I just get plugged more into Jesus and the presence of God, you mean to tell me that those things are going to work out? What I'm telling you is there might be some other issues surrounding that. There might be some things that you're doing that are causing some conflict. But if you get more of Jesus in your life, you will begin to solve your relational conflicts. Pastor, you mean to tell me that the struggles I'm having with my finances, that, that if I get more Jesus, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I just get more Jesus that my finances are going to just, just magically work out. I believe this with all my heart, that if you get more, you, there might be problems surrounding your finances, such as lack of self-control, living beyond, 